Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Take your family's best trip yet to Denver, where every stroll sparks a smile and where every moment becomes a memory. Denver, always welcome. Plan your getaway at visitdenver.com slash summer. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. Side stories. Yeah, your That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. Yes. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Benjamin Grant Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. We didn't do our normal intro like it's a side stories, but you know what? It's not a normal side story. It's not a normal side stories. Today, special side stories. Beep, 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 beep. Fresh <laughs> off the presses. <laughs> Is that the sounds? <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> breaking <laughs> news <laughs> sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't think it sounds like two mice having a small series of orgasms. Orgy. Yeah, it could be. Um, today we are honored to have with us Dan Aykroyd. So this is the interview with Dan Aykroyd. A interview, oh my God, uh, 30, uh, 20, 25 years in the making. This motherfucker say. is the best. He knows his shit. He, uh, we, whew, just give it a listen if we would. You will. All right, here it is, the interview with Dan Aykroyd. Live from your grave. We are so honored to have our guest with us. If we named his accolades, that would be the entire interview. So uh, you know him, you love him. Mr. Dan Aykroyd is with us. Thank you so much, man. Gentlemen, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. So God, I wish I was in the room with you, sir. I just I don't want to sound threatening, but I do wish that I could hug you. I I don't want to say I'm I'm just glad we're separated. Well, we'd 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 crack open a bottle of Crystal Head, and I'd make you a nice Long Island Railroad bar car martini, and uh, and that would that would definitely get us off to the right on the right foot. Oh my God, absolutely. So uh, we're going to touch on a series of things. You mentioned Crystal Head vodka, unbelievable. If you haven't had it, give it a try. Uh, and we're going to talk about aliens because. You are king of kings right now when it comes to uh, the disclosure movement that's happening. But first, we named our last tour the Nothing But Trouble Tour. This movie bonded Marcus, Henry, and myself for life. It is a brilliant film mixing horror, macabre, and comedy. You have some of the most iconic. You have Tupac Shakur, Digital Underground, John Candy, Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, and of course yourself. Um, what the hell was that like when you went into the studio? Cause we pitched some shows. What was that like when you went into the studios and like, so I have an idea for a film and they're like, what is it? And then you lay out the story for nothing but trouble. It was about 15, uh, like, uh, I would say a 15 minute pitch. Uh, Chevy went with me and the studio bought it. They loved it. We made the movie. I brought it in under budget. Everybody had a great time. And then when we opened the picture, we opened against two massive, female demographic oriented pictures in the marketplace. We opened against silence of the lambs with oh Jody Foster 
and sleeping with the enemy with Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts. So every girlfriend, wife, sister, niece, aunt in the country was telling all their guys, uncle, every, every girl was telling their boyfriends, we got to go see, you know, Silence of the Lambs or Sleeping with the Enemy. So our audience basically was completely absorbed by those two very strong <laughs> female pictures. And, and nobody saw the picture when it first came out. But now... I have young people, you know, yeah. coming up to me all the time saying that uh, that that it's part of their their codicil now. It's part it of their is. vernacular. Um, and uh, I, I, of course, it's one of my favorite characters. Hey, I'm glad you like to judge you guys. <laughs> he comes to my territory and makes we'll, we'll take good care of you. We'll, we'll have a party, boys. <laughs> well, my favorite scene, the hot dog eating sequence, oh my um, is classic and it is wonderful and inspired me. You come on by now. We'll give you your full full share of Dutch country hair. You'll get, you'll get a full tassel. We'll still have a party for two weeks. You'll, I'll keep you there for two weeks. Oh, oh, oh it'll be good. I love it so much. What was, uh, I mean, that must have, oh, Henry, do you have a question? I have a question because more so deeper into the pitch process and what it's like to come to a, a a group of of nameless, faceless executives with a thing that you really right. love. It's like your original pitch for Ghost Smashers, where it sounds like it was an entire you had an entire world built. There was a, like a, a story bible ahead of it, and when they received that document, what was their first response to show? Like because the because it was very different than the final film. It was, um, but uh, a lot of the elements from the first movie were in the first draft of course stay puffed all the equipment the you know it was it was very much uh you know we set up we set up that world i had it set a little in the future and i also kind of some interdimensional stuff in there but it wasn't as wild as people say it was i'd like to find that script by the way no we never we never gave that document we never gave that to the executives what we did was we pitched the story to them Mm -hmm. they bought it on the basis of my involvement Ivan Reitman's, Harold Ramis, right. Billy. Oh these God. were these were you know we we were clicking on all sixteen cylinders uh, in yeah. our careers for comedy then, and so they said mm-hmm. these guys can't go wrong. Let's hire them, and then right. the, then we submitted the script, and we basically had approval of the script. Uh, Columbia, Coca Cola, Columbia at the time, uh, they stayed out of it creatively. They've trusted us and let us do what we wanted to do. Frank Price was the executive there, and he let us. He let us alone, which was which was great. I mean, that is such a miracle in this industry to have carte blanche to the degree where you can just say, this is our vision. Ghost Smashers obviously became Ghostbusters. I'm sure our audience put that together. Um, but my God, that is just a testament to the comedic genius of you and your friends, um, which is remarkable, the fact that they trusted you to put this out together. Exactly. They were geniuses. You know, Harold, yeah. Animal House, Caddyshack, Billy Caddyshack, Stripes, mm-hmm. uh, Ivan, the director of, uh, of the uh, Stripes movie. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, uh, a kind of a great confluence of all, our, of all our gifts. And now it's the 35th yeah. anniversary of the thing. And they're, oh make, and they're making another uh, movie. Jason Reitman, Ivan's son, wrote a wrote a film that is really touching, really heartfelt, scary, exciting. And uh, so we, we start that this summer. Awesome. You also got to sort of Trojan horse your actual belief in the paranormal into mm. uh, popular culture at that time. Now, I, at the time, did people know, like, when you go into that you had this entire background of already being invested in paranormal studies? Well, what people did not know, no one knew what ectoplasma is. Yeah. Anybody mm. in the paranormal research knew. But after our movie came out, now, you know, 
couple of billion people know what ectoplasm is. Solely, <laughs> oh, yeah. solely due to our movie, really. And then now, right. if you look at all of the confluence of stuff that's on television now, every county has a ghost hunting society, travel and entertainment. They do excellent shows about haunted places. I, I love their right. series. Um, all, of, all of that, I think, comes from Ghostbusters and people researching and, and going, oh, there really is a real world of research here. I don't think that people knew about my background, yeah. but I did go on the Johnny Carson show with a spirit photo of my great-grandfather, the original Ghostbuster, and, uh, and, and showed the world that. But I think that was before we'd made the movie. Right. We've got, you know, we've got a lot of research there to back, back it up. American Society for Psychical Research, the, the work that was being done uh, at Edinburgh University. Now, even now, mm -hmm. there's a paranormal course you can take there. But now I people, love it. Didn't, people didn't know what ectoplasm was before the movie came out. Now everybody knows what it is. Absolutely. Changing culture, changing people's minds and opening up their perspective, which is what you have done your entire career. Just lastly, and then we'll get into the paranormal, the aliens. Just lastly, going back to nothing but trouble. Uh, you worked. John Candy is, a, is an idol of mine. I've loved him uh, ever since I was a child. Chris Farley, John Candy. Um what was that like working with with your friends in that capacity? Chevy Chase and John Candy were great friends and colleagues of mine. And they saw this vision, this original vision that I'd written, and they invested in it and they said, Dan, you know, we support you. There's some great funny stuff in here. We'll make we'll 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 make this happen. We'll 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 join you in this because we have faith in you and your vision. And so I had complete support from my actors. Candy and I go back to Second City when we joined Second City. Right. He was a Kleenex salesman, and I was a mailman, oh, wow. and so we go back that far, and then Chevy and I go back to SNL, and Spies Like Us, so it was, uh, right. you know, it was a great, uh, well, I made Spies, I guess, yeah, it was uh, before that, and so we trusted each other, and, you know, we were just like brothers. It was, it was a wonderful experience, and I really put them through that. I, I made uh, Candy squeeze into a wedding dress, <laughs> and Chevy, I put him through stunts, and he complained every minute of it, but... Uh, <laughs> But his performance is solid, and so is Demi Moore. And she was great. Oh, she's so good. She was great. Yeah. And she's a kind of a filmmaker herself. Of course she's a filmmaker as an actress. Right. And she did great. She gave me great suggestions and, and, and ideas for shots and inserts and do this here, you should do it. So she really brought her knowledge of film to the to it. And I took her suggestions. She was smart, real smart. So that is that is just one of the best films of all time. We are just so excited to just talk about it. I'm going to say it. It brought I'm us all together, it. honestly. All right. I'm, all right. Now I'm chomping at the bit. I want to ask you straight up, uh, Dan, do when now that there is what we have been calling a lot on side stories, soft disclosure happening in the world of ufology, where it seems right. to be they are slowly leaking out real footage for, straight from the Pentagon with the help of, I guess, Tom DeLonge's new company to the Stars Academy. How do you how are you feeling about like what's happening right now? Are we, do you think we're getting the straight shit from the Pentagon or is this a new like a new cloud cover like are we in it is this disclosure that's happening right now or is this a new game that they're playing well ralph blumenthal is a very credible reporter at the new york times and he and helene cooper who wrote the book about ufos uh, pilots generals and law enforcement come forth with their stories they, she wrote a great book about you know credible credited credentialed people who see these things and who've had witnessed uh, who have witnessed them um, their their work is amazing. They had an article, I think it was two weeks ago, in the main section of the New York Times. Fareed Zakaria just showed the Navy F-16, F-18 footage on CNN. And uh, on the cover of this week, the, the magazine, uh, there's a cartoon of aliens waving at an F-18 pilot. <laughs> and it says, uh, taking UFOs seriously. 
So we are we are in the first stages of what Dr. Bassett and Dr. Greer would would uh, would say is the uh, you know the last tick off to midnight where disclosure becomes uh, full. Now the Air mm. Force uh, there's a great series that Bob Zemeckis and Jack Rapke produce over there at. Uh, his, uh, I think it's History Channel, uh, the Blue Book, the Project Blue Book. I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. were watching it mm-hmm. last. Yes, yeah, yeah of and, course. And Hynek, you know, he goes, I'm going to lie about this. I'm going to say it's swamp gas and birds and seagulls. Why? Because if we, they'll take our funding away if we say it's the other stuff. Let's keep giving mm. them these explanations so that we have jobs and we can really find out what's going on here. And that's why for a long time Hynek denied it, So and, and the people who were investigating it denied it. But they're incredible. The government has had an interest in this going way, way back. So, and they, well, they've had Project Sign, Project Grudge, Project Blue Book. You had the Ruppelt Report. Mm. You had the twinning letter uh, somehow got out there. So you've had, a, you've had an interest in governments, and you had an interest in the United, from the United States Air Force for this stuff. Mm-hmm. But now they're, they're, trying to, they're finally getting closer to really uh, admitting that these are uh, craft that have right. performances uh, um, which humankind uh, at this point cannot manufacture. Well, Dan, I just have a question as far as the timing, because it does seem like now the Navy has put in new um, rules regarding how you can get uh, UFO sightings up a chain of command. You're not just chastised and kicked out of the military like you're some sort of looney tune. Why do you think we're seeing such a unbelievable, robust amount of information coming out uh, about UFOs right now. Is there anything in your opinion as far as where we are as a culture or a country, as a world? Are we ready for this? Oh, I think we've been ready for it for a long time. I think the public is is, is uh, accepting it. I would say half, at least more than half the people believe that mm. they're uh, these craft are operated by uh, non-human intelligences. Um, JANAP 146, though, the Joint Army and Navy publication from the 1940s, specifically says, you know, you must report these things, not to the public, but you be sure to report them to your superiors. So for a long time, pilots have been alerted uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to report these things. And uh, I, I, I believe that the, there's public pressure now. More people have cell phones and cameras. More people are calling in when there are sightings to Air Force bases and police mm-hmm. stations. Mm-hmm. And so you've got a tremendous public pressure to, uh, to find out what's going on. Every president who comes into office, one of the first questions they asked, according to Bill Clinton, uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, tell, me, tell us what's going on here. Is, is there really something happening? And, of course... No, they don't tell the president. No, well, there's nothing there. No, no, don't. No, I think it's because presidents are like performers, like we are, and they are blabbermouths. Yeah. and the FBI that's and CIA right, are right. like, don't tell them. But some president, and maybe it's going to be Trump, is going to have to deal with the issue publicly and say, you know, we had an event that happened. Here's the footage of it. You know, seven thousand people saw it, and um, you know, <laughs> they're going to have to deal with it, like. The Voronezh incident in Russia, they had two different ships come down, two different creatures, 700 people saw it. The Russian government launched a, an investigation, and this was in the mm. 19, 1978. So I think the future, I think what we might see is one of these species, and Lord Hill Norton, the Air Force Defense uh, uh, you know, uh, attache secretary he was in the British cabinet, he said there's 23 different types of ships that he knows of, that he's seen and heard uh, uh, spoken of in his research and briefing papers, 23 different species. So one of these species, I don't think all of them want a relationship with us, and they well should not, because we're poison. We're terrible. Look at us. Look what we do to each other. 
We're, we're, we're a murderous right. bunch. We really are. We are a group oh, yeah. of vengeful apes. Really, really awful. Humankind is, is not, you know, there are some redeeming, uh, there's some redeeming elements like Keith Richards maybe, but the rest of it, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and anybody can line up behind him, but, uh, but uh, the rest of it is just, uh, you know, so why would these species want to come down here where we are ruining our planet, we're killing each other, but I think one of the species may want to make the bridge, and what you could see mm. is official contact made, the government deciding everybody is going to find out, they've got to see it, and a very public landing will take place, hopefully, where... One of these ships will come down in a baseball diamond in a big city, and we'll be there to welcome them, not like Day of the Earth Stood Still, where we fired at them, but mm. welcome them with music, with food, with a festival, with dance, with a, tel- a telepathic, a body of telepathically trained uh, defense workers who can understand and feel what they're feeling and also transmit to them uh, the love that we are capable of on this planet. Absolutely. That's a concert I would love to go to. That's, you, there's several concepts in there that I think are really, really interesting because I know that Paul Hellyer uh, has come out and he said that he has received actual contact. He said he's spoken with actual entities that said straight up, like, you're doing a good job, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm desperate for validation. I wish they would do that for me. But I... <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's a very credible witness. He's a minister. Of, he was minister of defense uh, mm-hmm. when my dad was working for the first Trudeau, and my dad was a privy council officer in that government. It was a colleague beside Paul, Paul Hellyer and worked at the Canadian... Uh, Transportation Development Agency, and so Paul's very, very credible. I hadn't heard that he that he had uh, <clears throat> had, had contact. I'll have to have to follow up on that. We lost a great man, of course, just recently, Stanton Friedman. Mm-hmm. Yes, the beautiful, beautiful. So toast of zero additive Crystal Head vodka to Stanton Friedman. What a wonderful, warm, humorous, intelligent. Yeah, you know, just one of the great people in the field, and a great guy too. And boy, he was able to hold his ground. When in a in a lecture, man, he 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 just slapped those skeptics down with the facts. Mm. We spoke to him not too yeah. long ago, which is very sad. But he talked oh. to us. He was essentially being like, "I'm just about to retire," and we were so we were sweet. excited for him. But then I was like, "I yeah. don't know if ufologists actually ever get to retire." No, and I don't think that he fully did because I believe he passed in an airport. Right, yeah. he's on his way uh, either to or from a lecture. But what a what a great guy! I love him great, yeah. very dear. Yeah, and then Bud Hopkins, we lost a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Mm. The uh, you know, of course, the great abduction researcher. And John Mack was killed in a very mysterious accident. John Mack wrote the mm. greatest book about abduction. You know, he was the Harvard psychiatrist who uh, who had to look into this because so many people were reporting these events in a very credible way. He wrote two books: abduction and then uh, transformation. He stepped off a curb in England, and a drunk driver clipped him and killed him. Ugh. And that day in England, three other John Max were killed in traffic accidents. Weird. Really? You, that do, is trippy. Well, maybe this is, we can bridge this back because, Dan, you also believe that you were approached by people you called men in black when you mm-hmm. were filming your interview series for Sci-Fi. I wasn't approached. What happened was we were interviewing Bassett and Greer that day, okay. and this was our mm. disclosure episode, and we'd done Bigfoot and other things, and... And uh, George Sakulas there, who's the Chariots of the Gods, the alien guy, love him. We'd done all of those. And then I had just interviewed uh, Bass uh, Greer, and I believe I was about to interview Bassett. And my phone rang. I, I went out for a cigarette, actually, and my phone rang, and it was Britney Spears, of all people, calling me to say, Whoa. would you come and help me? Would you come and help me work on SNL? 
This is why this is just a tabloid-worthy story because I'm on the phone with Britney Spears as this happens. Anyway, right. I, I take a drag of the cigarette. I, 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 I change hands to put the phone. I say, oh, sure, Brittany, I'd, I'd love to help. And I turn, I look down 42nd Street. On the other side of the street is a, a black Crown Vic with two guys, really tall guys, standing there. Now, they weren't in black. They were wearing, like, denim shirts and denim pants. And they were really tall with black hair, and they were looking right at me. And I try, of course, I'm looking for the plate. I'm going, well, you know, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I look and I, you know, that's a, that's a police car. What I look and I, I can't see the plate. It's almost like it's pixelated. And it was right across the street. So then I turn back to say, well, Brittany, when do you? And I go turn back again. Within a second, I look back and that image of those two guys in that car was gone. They didn't go past me. Whoa. They didn't make a U-turn. They were gone. I go back inside after agreeing to do SNL and, and, and really weird about to tell Bob Weiss, my producer, what just happened. And he comes up to me right. and says, our show's been canceled. <laughs> and they want us out of here within the next 45 minutes. We're not going to interview what? Dr. We're not going to interview Bassett. Um, we're, uh, we're done. And that was Whoa. it. Canceled. Well, yeah. No explanation at all? Just, just nothing, canceled? That's nothing. It? Just done. Done. And then they buried, you know, they buried it. And I, I have some of them. I think I own some of them. But they just, uh, that was it. Pulled the plug on it. Wow. It does seem to be that they, between, because I'm very interested in the concept of the, the psychic side of the story. Where we, because we did a three episode series on Men in Black uh, on our on our show. And a part of when we were going through it, it's like, I love the, the haunting ideas of connecting these Men in Black to the UFO phenomenon, to folklore, and these trickster right, right. entities. That Men in Black are sort of these, these kind of bridges between what we used to call fairies and trolls and goblins and the hidden people and are now in our lexicon these are other various species of aliens and do you do you cotton to any of that the idea of like psychic links or kind of like Jacques Vallée when he talks about how the phenomenon may be almost 50% psychic like we are we bring them about we make them come here almost we help them materialize I, I well there's a lot in what you've uh, what you've just said there. Let me hit a couple of points. I believe that a lot of the black men in black and their technology are just basically straight up military my lab, military lab uh, investigators. I believe some of them are alien, and come here because basically they can change into anything. They can change into a rabbit if they want to, and hop around in your living room. You know, uh, any right. size. I mean, so they can boom morph. Or they can change into everything. They can cloak themselves. I swear that I saw a Ford Crown Vic and two guys vanish within a second. So I, I, right. they've got life-to-talk technology. I believe that, that that's happening. The attractiveness of the planet Earth is, 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 um, is, is indisputable. It's the most beautiful sphere in the multiverse. Nowhere else do you get lakes and rivers and trees and mountains and cities right. and culture. and art. It's very attractive, and most of these species are coming here as tourists. And that's it, straight up and simple. Cruising through to take a look. The sport model that's being seen now, it looks like a stingray. It's about the size of an automobile. It's completely gray. It has a stinger at the back and uh, completely opaque, of course. There's no windows in it, but it's being seen more frequently. You can see that it's for two people, for two occupants. And you can just imagine it being parked in a garage and it's near a planet near Zeta Reticuli and and a couple deciding to go out on a Friday night cruise and zipping over to, you know, watch Manhattan for a few minutes. And that's not right. ominous. That's kind of wonderful. Um, but yeah. uh, fairies, trolls, men in black, definitely folklore figures. 
uh, now very, very strong ones, but always linked, uh, seemingly linked to interviews with the, uh, with the people who are witnesses. And sometimes warnings right. are given, and sometimes they just walk away and don't do anything. So I think it's a, it's a mix. That's so interesting with the tourist idea. And, of course, we always have in this country for the longest time the idea of an alien invasion going way back to War of the Worlds, the radio play. The people were like, I think this is serious, and there were riots in the streets. Um, it, it'll come quietly. It'll come you think so? with hybridization, which is already happening. I think you know there's some crossbreeding that's been going on for the last couple of hundred years. And, and hopefully uh, they will bring the best uh, of human qualities to the fore. More mindfulness, more thoughtfulness, and, the, and as to the psychic element of all of this, the theory is now on many of the these craft that are being controlled that they that they are being controlled they are being controlled mentally, that the mm. operator merely thinks where he wants to go or he she wants to go or it wants to go, and the ships mm. uh, respond with navigation, uh, power, uh, gravity bending, uh, photon control, all of that. They do that from the mind of the operator, um, which. Uh, I, you know, you talk about your self-driving car. Yeah. That's what we right. need. Never mind AI. Let yeah. me get in the car and I won't touch anything and just let my part of my mind drive it while the other half does the does the accounting. You know. Right. Well, I thought you you made a good point in uh, uh, on unplugged and UFOs when you say that because I know that there's obviously there's a lot of talk about whether or not there is reverse engineer technology from craft UFOs, from UFO crafts, that the government is sort of slowly leaking to the private sector, but basically said that maybe the reason why it's not fully being broadcast and fully being shown is because we we can already overwhelm most other armed forces with just our normal technology, and they don't need to play the card of... Here's us turning into a, turning a, a physical craft into a liquid. Here's a thing that can turn on a 90-degree angle because it would be too much at once. Well, you know, I mean, the government would love to get their hands on this technology, and maybe they already have, but haven't mass-produced it. Mass produced it. What, the black triangles are interesting, you know, because they look like they could be uh, earthly manufactured, but their performance says another thing. Sam Maranto... The researcher out of Illinois talks about the Tinley Park cases where they, th- these things would park over the neighborhood for a few minutes and people having barbecues would look up and see these things hovering above them, slow moving, no sound, and then well, they would just vanish. You know, So I don't know, maybe that is uh, an earthly military body that's creating them, but I, don't, right. I doubt it somehow. I doubt it. I, I think when you have performance like that, capability like that, we we know about it, you know. They're 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 just they're busting their asses to try to get this F thirty five to work, you know. So, absolutely. absolutely, we just watched them. Uh, uh, we ground all those Boeing planes. They could figure. They can't yeah. figure out those planes. How are we going to figure out gigantic, silent pyramid structures flying through the sky? It's figured out. I mean, I think we know how it works. They've got some kind of. Uh, you know, fission fusion, cold fusion, something like that that's producing power. They're, they're bending light. They're turning, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, material into light. And they're, they're doing it just with technologies that they've been able to develop uh, using right. resources wherever they're coming from. And that given, give us a million years, maybe, maybe we're there. But I think it's a million. <laughs> sounds like it's a million years in advance. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it's only ten thousand. Because look where we've come in 150 years. We've come from the Wright brothers taking off at Kitty Hawk. Yeah. To uh, to the the 787 Dreamliner, which by the way I do like and fly all the time. Fly from your grave. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time consuming and difficult. 
That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Take your family's best trip yet to Denver, where every stroll sparks a smile and where every moment becomes a memory. Denver, always welcome. Plan your getaway at visitdenver.com slash summer. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Live from your Dan, I'm interested to hear because we were on a flight because we fly all the time. Not uh, not the Dreamliner, but we do a thing called Delta. Yeah, it's Delta. pretty nice. Yeah, it's God pretty bless nice. For what they did the other day, they gave, remember when the uh, the school kids' trip was canceled uh, because of a flight and canceled uh, some operations equipment problem at Delta. They laid on a whole plane load for the kids to take them to to DC for their school trip. 
God knows. the kind of corporate heart that we need in the world. And, and, and that's, the one, that's what's going to save the planet, by the way. Uh, we'll get back to flying in a minute. I, we'll talk aviation in a minute. But if you stopped, uh, if you fly from uh, Boston to London, it's, that's, you're, you're going to eat up three square miles of ice cap in Greenland. That's gonna, that flight, that ticket will cost that. If we stopped right. flying tomorrow, if we stopped eating meat tomorrow, if we stopped driving cars tomorrow, we are still not going to solve and reverse planet uh, climatological change until corporations and governments get 100% behind this and invest their money, their time, their resources, their focus, and mm-hmm. their energy and their hearts into it. They have to get fully behind it. If they don't, we have 12 years left before. And if you're a real estate mogul in Florida, you better be interested in this. You better start putting resources in because half your properties right. are going to be underwater. Uh, aviation, you wanted to make a point there? I've, I love aviation. Well, no, I've, I've, I've flown in many great planes. I've basketballed a DC-10 simulator down the runway. I've been in an F-5 fighter plane. I've uh, been in a B-25. I've done a barrel roll in a Lear 24 over Mount St. Helens. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, a few weeks after it exploded. I do love it. I don't really enjoy loving. I don't love flying. I don't enjoy it, but I like right, aviation right. And, and the technology of it and the culture of it. Fantastic. No, because I pretty much blame I blame air travel on the hemorrhoids I've received, and I'll never <laughs> forgive them. I'll never forgive Delta. I cannot tell you how many friends of mine have hemorrhoids. It is ridiculous <laughs> what is going on in our mid-30s bodies. You've got to make friends with the steward or the stewardess and go and hang with them in the back where you can stand up. They'll ply you with nuts and beer all afternoon. They love to talk because they have nothing to do in between meals. Exactly. That's actually where I was going with that question. We were on a Delta flight, and uh, this uh, stewardess named uh, Jewel, she turned out to be, she was an older woman, maybe 65, 70 years old, and she turned out to be a listener. But she came up to uh, Marcus and I, and she said that she had actually encountered a humanoid on the plane. She said that you could see his eyes even when his eyes were closed. She also said she saw multiple UFOs in the sky. She was really uh, adamant. And and completely um, trustworthy. I yeah. mean, and so I just my question is: Are some people more available? Are some people more uh, aware or more awakened um, to see these UFOs and, and humanoids and and all these kind of uh, paranormal things? Because it is such a psychic uh, event. It seems. I think it's. I think that 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 it's more. They seem to. Um, these entities seem to contact, why aren't they contacting like the Minister of Defense or the President or high government entities? No, they go after ordinary innocent people. And I think right. the innocence is part of it because this innocent mm. being will accept what we're trying to do here. Betty and Barney Hill, these yeah. were two, you know, uh, just a, a, a couple driving home on vacation. And they were chosen for one of the greatest encounters in history yeah. because you had a, a credible witness who was conscious and awake for most of it. Betty was, you see. And then John Mack's book, all the people that were there. I went to the Fifth Avenue Medical Society building in New York City for a lecture with John Mack with my wife a few years ago. And I was with a couple of friends who who were abductees. And there were about 300 or 500 people there. And he asked how many abductees and 300 of them put their hands up. And they were from all different parts of life. This one woman said, I was this wealthy Massachusetts socialite. All I wanted to to care about was Neiman Marcus and shopping and the next Rolls Royce. And then one afternoon I was sitting by my pool and a little orb came down and a creature came out. And he spoke with me for half an hour and told me I could change this planet. 
And she's one of the leading environmental uh, resource people in the world right now. There was a guy there with one arm, <clears throat> and he said, I was in a sailboat. He said, he was, he's a, it was a stock trader. I don't know if right. he lost, I don't think he lost the arm in the encounter, but he said, I was in my sailboat in Long Island, and this blue orb came down, and these beings visited me, and it was the most beautiful evening I've ever had. And I'm waiting wow. every night of my life, I'm waiting for them to come back. And I got up and I said, of all of you here that have been taken, who wants to go again? Who would love to be taken again? Who would like to have that encounter again? Right. Only, ha only half of them put their hands up then. Mm -hmm. Half of them, it was not a pleasant experience. I want to talk with you about that, too, because you, you are personally very close with uh, Dr. Greer. And his, are, are you, I'll ask you that. Do you, you guys know each other? You guys hang out? No, not really. I'm a, I'm a fan and I wanted him on my show and I've, I've always talked him up. Uh, his work is great. Um, yeah, I'm a, I mean, I'm a big he, fan of his work. I, I've met him a couple of times, yeah. But in the world of ufology, there seems to be like now, obviously, because there's constant infighting, right? There's a lot right, of drama right. in the world of ufology. And it seems to be one of the main fights, especially against somebody like Dr. Stephen Greer, is this concept of he is like the aliens are here to help us. This is going. They are. They are here to help us. And there's a lot of people saying that's disinformation. Saying that w what if this is all some other lie? What if they're prepping us and it'll be like Independence Day and we're here mm -hmm. waiting and we do throw the big party at the baseball stadium and they come and we're dancing and we're showing them like Guy Fieri. He's like barbecuing for them. Ooh, I like it. They just explode the baseball stadium. Like what happens and that goes down? Well, that's childhood's end. That's Arthur Clarke's book. Childhood, childhoods end. A wonderful story. They come down. They look like devils with leather wings, but they're benevolent. And it turns out, you know, they want to harvest us and eat us. Right. I, I believe. I believe that that I believe there's some that are benevolent and really do want to find out more about us, more about themselves, yeah. want gentle interaction. Uh, and then there are just some straight up meanies who are taking people uh, away and not returning them, and uh, right. and doing, you know, and and dropping them and from great heights um todd sees you know todd sees you know that case no i don't know that uh, that case uh, oh well you better look it up the sheriffs All won't right. even talk about it he he was picked up in front of his friends and then really rudely dropped into a tree and he, his body was so mangled wow jesus christ get on your oh. search engines that there you go todd sees so, so that's a bad Absolutely. one that, yeah that's not well, the way we want to be treated, and that's not the way we no. should treat them either. <laughs> do you believe in David Icke's storyline? Like, do you believe in any of that, the idea of the reptilians and the greys and all these people are kind of in a fight over our Earth, that our Earth is sort of like a coveted piece of territory that we're kind of in the middle of a fight of for? I think they're on the right path. There's one theorist uh, who says that really that the, the Assassani or the beautiful Nordic types that are, you know, uh, benevolent, and they've, t actually the reptilians and the Nordic types have had a meeting, and the Nordic types have said, you go down there and you harvest the earth people like cattle, we're going to fight you, we have mm -hmm. technology, you have got technology, we may both die in this, but we're not going to let you go down and rape the planet earth, because right. uh, you, uh, you, 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 you know, you think that, uh, that, that there's delicacies there to be had, right. no, no, we'll fight you, so that's an interesting theory there. That they, you know, yeah, both sides, it's a stalemate. The reptilians right. know that they can't win against the Nordic types. The Sasani and the Sasani know they can't win against the reptilians, but both are willing to kind of have a standoff. And, and, but the reptilians have cheated on the arrangement. They're coming here and they're grabbing us all the time. That's, that's, that's the theory. Now, 
you know, for me, I'm a writer. Okay. I'm a screenwriter and I'm an entertainer. All of this is supremely entertaining. Yes. Yes. That's the primary reason I'm into it is it's just so entertaining. It's so neat. Whether any of it is really true or real or not, I I believe the objects are real and I believe they're not manufactured here. I've seen four of them Mm -hmm. that I believe were not earth, earthly, uh, of earthly manufacture. I don't know what's I don't know what's real. I don't know what's real, and I don't know what's not real. But I know it's supremely entertaining. I was in Martha's Vineyard with my wife uh, and two friends, and I stepped out for a leak at three in the morning on the on the balcony of my house in Chilmark. And I looked up in the sky, and I saw two glowing discs, you know, uh, traveling from the from the far right horizon, uh, and then rising and doing a fast zigzag pattern across. The sky, I immediately called to everybody. We all came out and watched them. And they were flying echelon formation, wing to wing. They were doing at least 20,000 miles an hour. They were probably oh. about 100,000 feet up because the Concorde makes a, a right turn above Martha's Vineyard at 47,000 right. feet. Uh, the planes turn there, and of course, I can see that with the naked eye. I knew approximate height, 100,000 feet up speed. When you go from horizon to horizon that fast, as fast as they did in about a minute and a half, you know, they're going pretty fast. So that was the first one. Um, second one, uh, I was at my farm in Canada and I have my police bike out for a ride and I was going into town and I saw this little red dot uh, uh, going, going across the power lines, the big hydro lines at the next farm over. And I thought, well, that's a helicopter. You know, they, they do service the lines. They check them to make sure they haven't been blown down. But I'm thinking right. they usually don't do that work at night. So I watch the thing, and it comes, and it just stops, and then makes a right-angle turn right for me. So I turn on the wigwags on my police bike, you know, the, 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 the takedown lights that I have. Uh-huh. Turn them on on my brights, and this thing comes right over me, and it stops about 700 feet up. No sound. But my mind, wow. it has to explain it. it. It's a helicopter. It's a helicopter. My mind keeps going, it's a helicopter. It's a helicopter. Right. Then it shines a light on me. And then I think I see, is it, are there two people there? Are there frames? Is, it, is there a boom? Is there a rotor? It's just, it's got to be a helicopter. And then it just switches the light off and then just coasted right all over me across the next field sideways, silently, with the little wow. blinking red light. Now, that was not a helicopter. I couldn't hear it. You can hear a helicopter at 3,000 feet uh, up, right? Of course. And, and then the eeriest one, this is a cool one. I was in Montreal um, at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel, and we were selling Patron tequila and Newfoundland made zero additive crystal head vodka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were selling, we were on a tour. Um, we just won a bunch of awards for the vodka and that for the clean taste. And we were celebrating that we were s- sitting in a hotel room. I was with a friend and we were actually watching the spiders at the 23rd floor of the hotel go up and down. They had these little webs going up and down, you see, like, and they were just like yo-yos. It was really funny. They were going up and down. There were about 10 of them on the 23rd floor of the building. We thought we were, that's what we were watching. And then we look out. Right. And we see out right into St. Catherine Street at that level. I, I see what can only be described as a, a huge air mattress, 150 feet long, 50 feet wide with these big bulbs Whoa. underneath it. Gray, square, moving slowly, no sound, no lights. It was a gray overcast day, just kind of almost blending in. And I'm thinking, where are the strings? Where are the strings? It's a balloon. It's a parade. There were no parades right. on St. Catherine's uh, Street that day in Montreal. And we watched this thing, and it stopped right outside our window, about 30 feet outside, off our window. 
And it was Whoa. huge, huge, big, gray square thing with bulbs. And then it just turned and just drifted out over the St. Lawrence River. We ran out into the hall and watched it go in the hall window. We were, what the, what's that, you know? It was just yeah, wonderful. It was course. wonderful to have another person there and go, what is that? You know, what's that? She goes, you know. Right. Honestly, how do you go That's back to normal? This is why I've never seen one. I've always, like, I started, I wanted to start working for MUFON. I, I started, uh, I got their training manual. They're talking about, like, watching the skies more, and I do seriously sit, and I, I watch the skies. I mean, obviously, a little bit of a herbal supplement helps me <laughs> do, uh, really dial in. That's what, yeah. That's yeah. what they need. <laughs> That's absolutely. But it's, how do you go back to just, like, like, cause back to show business. That's the problem. How do you go back to auditioning and, and making work when you're just being like, but what about our, our skies are filled with things we can't explain. Well, I've had some experience before with my other two sightings. And also I've been working, you know, uh, over the years, uh, just doing my own research and having the relationship with MUFON as their, uh, sort of erstwhile quote unquote, uh, uh, Hollywood consultant. In other words, if you're doing a film or a television show about a certain aspect of it, I can connect you with MUFON and the right organizations for your research. Uh, I, I kind of, to me, it wasn't surprising. And I'd heard about, you know, ships that move slowly and it, we just, we were just really excited. What's nice now is that the Navy pilots can come forward. People in the military can come forward. They can talk about it and not be um, and not be uh, chastised for Absolutely. it. And that's, that's really important. That's a big step to to the full disclosure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show. Just like one or two more questions. I really I would love that's okay. wouldn't you love wouldn't you love to smoke a greenie with a gray? Oh my oh god. My that's god all a I big want. old hog's leg. <laughs> that's Remember all that I movie want. Paul? Mm-hmm. I hope they're all like Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, dude. I hope so. I'm interested to hear when you first really got into aliens, uh, ufology, ufology. Thank you, um, These sorts. I know, I know. Um, was the, what was the reaction initially from your friends? Uh, were they like, yo, bro, you're off. You've gone a little too wonky for us. Or were they willing to listen? And if it is the latter, how have you seen that sort of change now as the acceptance seems to grow? Well, my mother saw one in 1947 and she, and, 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 and boy, talk about a credible witness. She was the executive secretary for hurricane aircraft fuselage production with the Ministry oh. of Supply and Services for the Canadian Ministry of Defense in World War II. So she could read an airplane chart from the bottom and know the difference between a Lancaster and a B-17 or a Spitfire and a Messerschmitt. This was the training she had to go through because she worked for the uh, aircraft fuselage production. So wow. she was walking down Spark Street in Ottawa in 1947. She looked up. And she saw, she said, it looked like a Christmas tree bulb, like an orb. It was glowing red and green and white, and as, as if someone was hanging a huge Christmas tree orb in the air above Spark Street. And she said it was big, and it was winking, and then it just took right off. And, every, oh. and, and after that, she always had stuff around the house about it. She had the Look magazine cover with Elizabeth Taylor on it, which had the story of Barney and Betty Hill in it. She had the oh. cover with Marilyn Monroe on it of Life magazine that talked about flying saucers. So she had this interest always that she kind of, you know, and, and you know, when, when, when anything would come up in 1952, the year I was born, although I never asked her about it, I, I, I'm sure she tracked what was going on in Washington, D.C. and all mm-hmm. over the U.S. then. That was the biggest year for sightings. Uh, we've had in decades, 1952. Wow. <clears throat> so she was aware of it. And, and, you know, so many people I would 
friends I would talk to, relatives I would talk to, people, um, you know, people at school, a lot of them would say, you know, my dad saw one or my mom saw one or I saw one or I saw something. So I think if you canvassed around, if you took five people and they went out five people, you're, you're going you're gonna to go and get a, get a sighting report. So you think maybe the mockery has been more of a marketing decision? If you actually go and talk to people face-to-face, they're like, yeah, dude, same here. My uncle saw something. I saw something, whatever. Has it just been sort of fed into our narrative as a country that you better think of these people as, you know, quacks as opposed to reasonable folks? Is in some that, quarters. Has that been a large lie? Oh, well, yeah. in some quarters, of course, in the skeptical quarters, and, and in some quarters there's – People who are never going to believe, and it, it, and even if one shook their hand, they wouldn't believe it. They think it was a, right. a special effect or a mass hallucination. Well, it does seem to be. Wasn't that their goal? the The goal of hiding UFO disclosure, the idea of do it was to originally to ridicule. That would seem to be a government mandate to say that we will discredit these people so that no one can, even if you come forward. Essentially, it ruins your life. Uh, they did that, and they did that because of the Brookings Institution report of 1958 and other psychological studies that said, postulated, that if you told people about such a higher power, there would be no longer a respect for the authorities that are established out there. The local cop right. on the beat. Exactly. I'm going to listen to what yep. he say. I want to talk to that gray guy. The president, the, right. the, the soldier, the national guardsman, the ambulance driver. The, no, wait, wait, now, hold on. No, I, I want to know. No, you're, yeah. Step aside. I want to talk to who landed in my backyard, silently got out, uh, turned my tree black, you know, opened big black eyes, spoke to me in a language I didn't understand, and then took off faster than an F-16 ever ever did from my swimming pool. That's who I want to talk to, not you. Not authority, nothing, (laughs) not the priest. You know, not the priest, the cop, the president, the soldier. No. Let me talk to the alien. And if you have... 300 million Americans saying, let me talk to the alien, you're in trouble. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you taking so much time to talk to us. It sure, is it's again, fun. And it, now, look, This Week magazine, June 14th, a cartoon on the cover there. Ralph Blumenthal and Helene Cooper working at the New York Times to really treat this seriously. Um, Fareed Zakaria last week on, 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 his, uh, on his show showing this footage. So, you know, <sighs> Incredible reporters are going to step forward, and I hope the day in the baseball diamond comes and that it turns out yeah. to be benevolent. I really do. I do too, Absolutely. man. I, otherwise, it's it's Cloverfield Place. Head to the bunker. Yeah, dude. And honestly, uh, that's why yeah, my absolutely. wife and I are really interested in getting a bunker. Um, just, I mean, honestly, just for style's sake, we like being underground. Um, and I think that it would it would be fun, but also it'd be practical. Setting aside any kind of intervention on this planet from alien forces. What is in the air today? Yeah. I mean, I hope you put good filters on it. Who knows what's going to fall out of the air when Chernobyl blew up? Two mm-hmm. years later, the state of Oregon sued the Ukrainian government because cows mm-hmm. were dying in Oregon from the same uh, isotopic signature of radiation that blew up out of Chernobyl. I mean, who knows what's going to yeah. fall from the sky? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I'm going to get a container. Uh, from a container ship, those boxes, and you bury them. They they're great. Can't wait. Absolutely. Honestly, but we'll try to make it nice. The goal is for us. It's oh, kind you of have like to make, make it, it nice. You have to make a yeah. vacation spot. And you should have on the bar lit up a, a, a bottle of Crystal Head Zero Additive Vodka. We won the Prodexpo model, uh, we, uh, medal, the medal in uh, in in Moscow. 
We won. We won a, a medal in Russia. And they know vodka. about vodka. You won the. I yeah. didn't know you won an award from we in did. Moscow excellent. for vodka. You, you. That's crazy. Ex- excellent taste out of four hundred beverages. It's so clean. It makes a great martini. Makes a great tangerine screwdriver. There's no additives in it. Bar chefs love it because there's no terpenes, no uh, synthetic lipids, glycerine, no sugars. Cleanest vodka on the planet. And that's what you should have in your bunker. Absolutely. It's all that I'm drinking from now on. All right, sir. Gentlemen, take care. Live from your grave. All right, there it was. Wow. Our interview with Dan Aykroyd. And I, let me just say, I that was floating. beyond a dream come true. I am that floating. was like, we really were before the show. Henry and I were like, um, so like, should we ask him like, um, like what's it like Wait, to be how's on, your in, life? Behind? What's like, your what? shit, dude? What's you your have shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Thank you so much, Dan Aykroyd. Thank you to his publicist for setting all of that up. Um, that was just incredible. And I got to say, that man, he was, it was, anyway, I'm just over the moon. I just, the man who I, met all of our legends and the man who is a legend of ours. And, as well. he, st- and he remains so. What I love is that he's still so plugged in. He knows exactly yeah. what he's talking about. He's been doing all the modern reading. This is the kind of ufologist that we need to look up to Dan Aykroyd is a hero for the entire field. You go out there, not only do it. I mean, you know, we didn't even get to ask him about Soul Man. We didn't even get to. No, ask we didn't him. even get to ask him about Tommy Boy. And Tom, we get to see any of it. We get to oh any of it. But I, does it, it doesn't matter because he actually knows the truth. I think it's very interesting. I mean, that's the problem. He knows is a lot. I, when I listen to him talk, the more and more it's being like, well, maybe these nuts and bolts UFOs guys got fucking something to talk about because you obviously know. You know because you're doing right. the reading and you're talking to these guys. 23 species of aliens. I love it. Well, that was just uh, that was incredible. Thank you all so much uh, for listening to this special side stories. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's nice when you meet people that have been in your life forever, unbeknownst to them, and they turn out to be as wonderful as Dan Aykroyd just was with us. And honestly, we've had great experiences with uh, with the vast, vast, vast majority of the people we've idolized. So that just goes to show you being a good person, you can also be very successful and i think dan Aykroyd showed what a great guy he was absolutely what a legend absolutely um all right everyone well thank you so much for listening i'm gonna do what we want to do i think we have to tell them to triple uh, we have to do it yeah you got to live your life like you're about to speak to dan Aykroyd and have that ex- <laughs> have that excitement inside of you at all times right you gotta love your life like you're about to speak to dan Aykroyd, and he's gonna he's gonna affirm that you're not the only other man of the same body <laughs> That is interested in the same things, and you can still, because his wife's beautiful. I'm sure, of course. We did the same thing. I'm living the same dream, trying to live the same dream. And you got to laugh, like uh, like your hemorrhoids finally were absorbed back in, honestly. Oh, that would be Because I'm out. I'm back back in the public sector. It would be very bizarre if you were just strangely, maniacally laughing on the street, and they're like, what's so funny? And then you're like, my hemorrhoids are back in. (laughs) I think that's the side that you may no longer have a home. No, no, you can't high five. I'd high five him, man. I mean, I'd wear a a rubber glove. (laughs) I'd wear something to protect myself. But yeah, I'd high five him. All right, all right. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. Hail me. And a special hail, Ackroyd. We hope he is around for a long, long time to come. This show is made possible by listeners like you. 
Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Take your family's best trip yet to Denver, where every stroll sparks a smile and where every moment becomes a memory, where hikes at Red Rocks lead to sweet treats at Little Man Ice Cream, where you can chase thrills at Elitch Gardens and enter new dimensions at Meow Wolf. It's where dinner always comes with a side of sunshine. Denver, always welcome. Plan your getaway at visitdenver.com slash summer.